Alright everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Well, today, we finally have another video game! I know, it's been so long since the last one. Uh, since I reviewed Subnautica. It's been a few weeks now, but... Um, recently, a gap came up in the schedule, and I had recently finished playing the 2020 game Carrion. And I kind of wanted to talk about it, because I think it's a really interesting game that... I mean, I know it got a lot of attention when it came out, and I'm a little late to the party here, but you know what? A little bit more attention can't hurt it. <sighs> so... Carrion is a, well, they just, the creators described it as a reverse horror game. Um, it's a bit more than that though. It's kind of a Metroidvania, to be honest. So, let's get down to the premise. The premise of Carrion is that you are a horror monster. Basically, you're the thing. You know, the movie The Thing? Yeah, you're the monster from The Thing. Um, you're a giant blob of flesh that can shapeshift, grow tentacles, and eat people in order to grow bigger. Um, and you have just broken free of your containment cell in an unknown facility. And your goal is to get get out of the facility. But the humans locked, locked down the whole facility, and so you have to gather up more power, more flesh, and slowly build yourself until you're able to take on the strongest vault, the most secure section where an unspoiled section of human DNA is stored. So that you can turn into a human and pass the biometric locks to escape your prison. The whole game is really, you know, bloody. Like, you rip people apart. Uh, it's a 2D Metroidvania. Uh, at least that's how I'm describing it. <clears throat> Some people say it's like a reverse horror game, but I don't really think that captures the gameplay mechanics of it. So I've gone Metroidvania because you slowly unlock new abilities that open up new pathways and you even go back to old areas to explore them. Uh, the game's pretty short. I actually 100%ed it. Didn't even mean to. I just, like, noticed that when I was about to go finish the game, I noticed, um, the, uh, final, one of the final areas that I was like, oh, yeah, I still have, like, one or two upgrades I could get, and, you know, I could just finish off these last two or three areas and be done. Didn't even mean to. Just playing the game naturally, and you mostly 100% on your own. Um, and so... I decided to go back and 100% it. So yeah, I 100% the game and had a lot of fun with it. I think it's a really interesting game. The controls can be a bit clunky at times, but they serve to make the um, battles like more intense. I think if you had like perfect control of your abilities, you would feel a lot less threatened by the humans. Oh, for those of you who don't know, I played this on Steam, but I used a PS4 controller because I just wanted to do it and I didn't like the mouse and keyboard setup for it. Uh, I know, PC Master Ace, it's blasphemous, but sometimes I like controller for things. Yeah, it happens. Some games are better with controllers. Although, I did, it did find a lot of the, uh, tentacle controls to be very, uh, with the controller. Like, I, uh, once or twice I switched back to the mouse for it, especially that thing with the, um, that one challenge area with the freaking lasers and you had to turn invisible and use your web to, uh, hit the electrical box. That was really annoying. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Aside from that, though, um, yeah, I mostly just played it on a PS4 controller. And one of the most interesting things Carrion does, Mike, is that it um, encourages you to use all of your abilities. So, in most Metroidvanias, you slowly gather abilities and power-ups, and sometimes you'll run into, like, attack powers that just no longer seem useful. A good Metroidvania should make the uh, new abilities feel natural. You should, all, you should be using everything, basically. Uh... The boring kind of Metroidvania is when you have three beams, fire, ice, and water, in, uh, darkness or light or whatever, you know, the third thing they add in, and they just literally just open doors. 
one or two of them might be really good attack attack method, but one of them is literally just a giant door opener that you will never use for anything else. And that's bad Metroidvania. You want the mechanics that open up new avenues to the gameplay, that open up the world to feel natural for the gameplay. And so Karrion's big thing is that as you play the game, you have a few abilities. So you'll gain a, like, tentacle. You can shoot out in long range and control, take control of humans. Uh, you can activate a little sonar that'll tell you where you can go find places that you need to get to. Uh, places where you can burrow in and slowly start spreading your corruption. And then you have the offensive and defensive ability. And there are actually three tiers to each of those. Now, it's not the ability getting better, although they kind of do. They get stronger or more, I don't know, louder. But, for example, the first ability you get is a um, webbing ability that lets you basically just completely stun one enemy. And it's a pretty useful ability. Um, if you use it on a really annoying enemy, you can get them out of the way while you deal with the smaller, easier ones. Usually, or you can even take out the one enemy that still has a gun if you can't reach him and slowly eat some other people while you lumber on towards him. It's a really useful ability at all stages of the game. I even later found out, uh, by looking it up, I'll freely admit it because that challenge was dumb, uh, that you can use it to gather electricity. So the web is like electrically conductive. Um, and that's how you, and the electricity thing is because your support ability, at least one of them is fueled. Oh, no, actually all your support abilities, all your defensive ones are powered by electricity and you can absorb them from like power generators at the facility. So, um, you get that and you also get an invisibility ability that lets you pass through, you know, security. You have to use it pass by tripwires without setting them off. Um, and it's used to solve a lot of the puzzles. Now, what makes it interesting is like, okay, so you just get, you know, more and more abilities. No, you can only, see, as you act gain those abilities, before you get those abilities, the next stage of abilities, you get a health upgrade. And when you get the health upgrade, you get like bigger and scarier, and your abilities are now locked when you're in that state. So when you're bigger with more health and your health is topped off, you can't use either your, your offensive ability or your defensive one. Um, and there are certain pools of water where you can store a biomass, like a chunk of your health, and leave it there. While you go, you know, do the puzzle. Um, and so you get the next two abilities, which are a dash that let you break through tough wall areas. And, oh, it's a keratin ability. So you grow these, like, um, keratin spikes all over your body. Um, but I don't really find that one useful, to be honest. It's probably the only ability I'm like, eh. Uh, it feels like they might have needed something better. Like, it basically is just like a, um, it basically just makes you spiny so you can't be swarmed, I think. I never really used it. I always found the other forms and the other abilities to be more useful. The medium form was probably the least useful of all of them, but it had that really cool dash, so I always wanted to be in it. Uh, and then you get the largest one, which has this awesome spike attack that can rip these uh, screwed-in nails off the walls, and you need to get through certain sections, but it's also one of the best offensive attacks in the game, and an armored shell, which is the only way to tank these really annoying motion-trigger detonators that will blow you up in one shot. So the only way to survive one is to be armored. And there are some really hard puzzle sequences that are just, like, super annoying to do because, like, if you mess it up, you'll have to go through, like, three of them again. Um, it could take a while. There are only one or two puzzles like that, and they're near the end of the game. And mo I think some of them are even guarding, like, most of them are guarding, like, extra bonus areas. So it's not, like, a huge issue, but still. Anyway... Um, these abilities can then be exchanged by dumping biomasses in certain ponds that you find on a level. So, oftentimes the more advanced puzzles will have you shifting between, like, 
basically sometimes all the sizes at different points. Although some of them just have you shifting between one or two sizes. Sometimes you'll even have to go through the puzzle before you know what size you want. Then you'll have to go through the one-way pipes in order to figure out where you want to go. Uh, you also get things like the ability to swim, uh, turn into like a whole swarm, swarm of uh, smaller fragments in the water so that you can get through tight spots and stuff like that. But in general, all of the abilities are just really good and really useful, really well designed. Again, excluding the keratin spikes, which I basically never used except for like one time where I had to fight my medium form and I just could not win without it. But it was just, it just wasn't a fun ability. Like, even the one time I used it, it just didn't help. I just had to dash, dash, dash for win. Uh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Heck, heck, uh, email me at my Gmail if you're doing it wrong. It's um, in the link in the description, so you can find that or my Twitter. Message me. If I if I don't know how to use the character spikes, I would like to know if they actually served a purpose, because I could not find a use for them. Anyway... <clears throat> Um, as you get through the facility, you slowly have to deal with more and more things, like these armored soldiers that you can't eat, um, there are the drones, these really annoying mechs, and then just all sorts of things. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool game. I really enjoyed it. The mechanics are well made. Uh, again, most of the abilities are extremely useful, and the game unfolds fairly naturally. In addition, you all, you're very confused as you go through the game. You only really have like a handful of flashback scenes where you're going to the machines and I think you're almost experiencing your own past memories as the monster or you're experiencing past memories of some of the humans you ate. Uh, that explains like they found you in some other place or maybe this place a long time ago. Maybe this facility is a lot older than the people who found it and they, you managed to contain you. And now they were studying you, but you've broken loose, and now you're going to get out and, you know, get into the world and do things stuff, like eat people in the streets. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you're going to murder so many people when you get out of that facility. Because <laughs> at this point, you're undetectable by them. Well, that's, that's how it ends. You become undetectable by them, pass through all their biometric scanners, and leave the bloodied, empty base of you've killed them all. Oh, I mean, it is. Reverse horror, the monster wins. Go figure. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, the game is very well made. I would highly recommend to anyone who's uh, looking for an interesting Metroidvania or just likes the idea of just playing around as a thing, because they definitely pulled it off. You really feel like this giant, lumbering mass of flesh. Uh, Gameplay-wise, like, problems I have with it, some of the areas can be really hard to, uh, to figure your way around, and... During the end, when I was like, I need to go back to these last two areas, it was the only time, well, the only two times in the game where I had to look things up were to get past that um, security laser thing where you had to go around a full U and you had to use the webbing to access the electrical panel. And I didn't know the webbing conducted electricity. And then the other one was to find the entrances back to the areas I wanted to go back to. Because you have this like main hub area where you go to all the others and break in and slowly succumb their defenses and, you know, gain the power you need to breach the vault. Um, there's like a room that tells you where all, you know, what the status of all the rooms is. And by the end, it's like the, he's, they, he's taken the sample and all of our defenses have been destroyed and everyone's dead. Uh, but you know, um, it just did not have a really good map of how to find things. And I don't think like a map in that room would have been too much of a problem. Like, Maybe just have it, like, on a wall. But at the same time, you're a monster. You're not supposed to be able to read or understand that things, really. Uh, figuring it out through trial and error is kind of more thematically appropriate. So I will give them that. Uh, it at least serves the purpose, the narrative purpose, anyway, 
of being kind of lost in this facility, unsure of what you're actually doing. You know, you're killing people, sure, but you're not really doing it maliciously. You're more doing it to escape. You're just a wild monster, you know, not too intelligent. I mean, you're evilly intelligent, if that makes sense. You're you're a horror movie monster. There's, there's not much more to it. Um, in addition, I do find that when you get really big, it's really hard to maneuver the monster around. Because what will happen is you'll stretch out into, like, these strands. So you'll get, like, clumps together, clumps together when you're going around corners. So you'll be stretched out, like, almost like... A, like, imagine you stretch out like an S-shape. Um, and you're not actually... And there's, like, a tube you want to go in. Okay, so when you click the back... When you go all the way up to the tunnel, and then you try and, like, go up to the right, what happens is the part of you, the very end of the S, starts going back up the tunnel because that's the area that's mo- apparently most relative to that. And I'm like, all right, wait, wait, so which part of me is actually moving? It's like the whole thing is moving, and it just kind of guesses which segment of it you want to lead at any one time based on where you're going, and it could be really finicky to get out of some places. Never really came, I never really ran into that problem in combat, uh, where it was, like, really, really important. But some of the puzzles were definitely... I had to try once or twice, too, just because the movement controls were a little clunky. Aside from that, all in all, it was a good game. I don't really have much to say about it. It was about 18 hours. You know, it's a quick, short game. Uh, that's actually a market favor, in my opinion. Uh, it's not that expensive. It's, like, $15. I mean, I'm fine with that. Uh, and it's well-made, and you should support the creators. You know, I want to see more games like this. Uh, maybe we can get, like, a carry-in, too. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on carry-in. Uh, I definitely really enjoyed it. I think the mechanics could use a bit of refinement, but overall, it was a fresh spin on the Metroidvania genre and horror. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, a bit of news, actually, this week. So, uh, this Thursday, I will be trying to finally review the Voyage of Basculets, Basculet, the Basilisk. Ugh, I cannot say that. I'm going to be reviewing The Voyage of the Basilisk. It is the third book in that uh, Natural History Dragon series I've really gotten into recently. So that's going to be happening on Thursday. And next week, I'm going to be going to see Black Widow on Thursday. But I also really want to review this uh, zombie heist movie that's on Netflix, Army of the Dead. Uh, I wanted to go see it earlier this week, but I just decided not to see it because I want to see it fresh for the review, and I already had things to review this week. So, I'm trying to decide what to do here. And I kind of just said, I don't want two movies in one week, so I'm moving the Basilisk review one um, one more you know, session forward, so it's going to be next Tuesday. And this Thursday, I'm going to review... Army of the Dead on Netflix, and it's apparently like uh, there was a zombie infestation in Las and um, in Las Vegas, and the government put up a quarantine. They're out to nuke the city, and so these you know guys are going to go do a heist on one of the casinos in this like zombie infested wasteland. And it's pretty cool. I, I really want to see. I'm really enjoy, you know I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's Zack Snyder finally stepping away from the DC EU, so you know, thank goodness no more of those movies. I I'm sorry, I hate the DC movies. Look, Wonder Woman was good. Shazam was good. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 was kind of a train wreck, but I had fun with it. The rest can just go away somewhere, somewhere else. I don't want to see them. But uh, I'm glad he's doing other things now. So, <laughs> get as far away from Superman as possible. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Maybe not really. Maybe not really. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, to sum up that rambling, long nonsense, uh, this is the schedule going forward. <clears throat> This Friday, we're going to be reviewing Army of the Dead, a movie on Netflix, just described it. 
On next Tuesday, we are going to be reviewing The Voyage of the Basilisk, a wonderful book by Marie Brennan. And then, on next Friday, I'm going to be watching the Black Widow movie. Finally, it's about time she got one. Uh, so yeah, hope to see you all then. If you're interested in contacting me, you can email me at the uh, email in the description below, or you can follow me on my Twitter at thedragonslibr1. Uh, or the Dragon's Library, because I couldn't get library. Unfortunate. But, that's gonna be it. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.